Welcome to Fast Lane with Sarah Jane, a podcast for women who are on the move, managing life and family. Your host, Sarah Jane, is building a tribe and talking about the things that affect the daily lives of moms. You can expect real conversations about managing chaos, finding ways to take care of mind and body, and stepping outside your comfort zone on the way to living your best life. Hold on for a wild ride. Now, let's get started. Great afternoon. You are in the fast lane with Sarah Jane. The goal of the fast lane is to encourage people to do better, be better, and live better. Yes, I'm a chiropractor by day. I do a lot of podcasts on health and supplements and meditation and all those things, but there's so much more to life uh, in different areas that you could do better, be better, and live better. And I'm a mom. And if anyone knows me, they know that is my number one job. And I have had some different guests on talking about parenting. I've had a guest twice talking about porn. And a couple months ago, I was at my friend's house for a bonfire. And I had stepped away and I came back and I heard the end of this conversation. And as much as I hate when people catch the end of the conversation, I said, what what was this? And my friend Sarah had uh, heard this guy speak and it was on sextortion. And so I was asking some questions and my friend Amber said, you should have him on your podcast. And I said, absolutely, I should because this is a huge topic. I don't think that it's talked about enough. I think it's extremely scary when I am told some of the things that kids are getting via text or Snapchat or whatever, and um, people need to be aware. My oldest son recently got a cell phone, so I've been having a lot of uh, conversations I just never thought I'd have to have um, with him lately. So I brought on an expert. So uh, we have a resident agent in charge of Homeland Security from Minot. Derek Trudell is here to talk to us about this topic. Welcome, Derek. Hi, thank you for having me and thanks for inviting me on your show. Now, I want to find out what are you doing on a daily basis? Um, so I'm the supervisor for Homeland Security Investigations and we have an office in Minot. We also have an office in Bismarck. Uh, and in those two offices are, we investigate child exploitation cases. And then we've also, we investigate human trafficking. We have agents assigned to local drug task force. And, you know, I guess whatever else the, the government asks us to do, that's what we investigate. So I would like you to explain what exactly sextortion is. Well, um, you know, one thing you said you introduced me, you said that I was an expert and I don't know that I'm, I'm an expert on, on anything. Um, but, you know, sextortion is something that I don't think a, a ton of people have awareness of and rightfully so, right? Until it, until it affects you, it's not something that, that you're going to know about. So the the definition of sextortion um, is a form of blackmail where someone threatens to share a nude or sexual image or video of you unless you give in to their demands. Um, and that's 
it's pretty simple and straightforward and it doesn't it doesn't affect just children um i've taken phone calls from people uh that are being victims of this that are well into their 70s and yeah. to people that to kids parents who my friends parent my friends whose kids have been victimized and or being victimized by somebody who's trying to sex extort them um 13 years old so it it, it affects everybody mm-hmm. and when you're saying the 13 to the in into the 70s are these pictures or are these things that um like these people are taking pictures and sharing them and now other people are going to blackmail or are they taking these pictures without these people knowing? Um, it's all of it. Uh, the, you know, our kids are getting targeted online by uh, predators that go onto these gaming sites and will... start trying to build rapport with them uh, and they'll be presenting themselves as uh, somebody that's, that's their age and get to know them. You know, the typical, uh, what we call grooming, that's what'll, that's a way to do it. Um, For older people that are, that are being victimized by this, it can, it can happen by, uh, online dating you meet somebody online you like catfishing um is a is a way to think about it uh, i don't know if you're are you familiar with have you heard the term catfishing no i live under a rock so why don't okay. you what's what's the definition of that um catfishing is basically um tricking somebody online that you're somebody that you're not and getting a a fake online relationship Um, so with online dating becoming prevalent and, you know, everything is done online. So adults, uh, they meet somebody online, they develop a relationship with them, gain some sort of trust, um, send compromising photos or share some compromising information and, and, you know, bad people then use that against those people, against them to get money from them. Or more, or more compromising photos or videos. So it, it's not, it's not always just kids, and it's not always, and it's also not always people that you, that you don't know. Um, it also happens when relationships do fall apart, and people have shared images, videos, um, private information, and they get extorted by somebody that they were in a relationship with prior to send them money, send them more videos or images or else they threaten to, and then they threaten to share those images or videos or information with the world. Hmm. So how exactly, first of all, you have children of your own. What kind of um, restrictions do you have on, let's say their cell phone? Yeah. Um, My kid, I've got four kids and my youngest is, is nine and my oldest is 14. And 
they all have access to some sort of device, right? Um, so the, the restrictions I, I have on them, one, they don't have any, they don't have any privacy. I, I make it clear to my kids that you know, I'm going to look at what, what they're doing. I'm going to be involved in it, uh, which that, that doesn't solve every problem that we have with it. Um, I think educating our kids, you know, a lot of parents, you said you've got kids of your own, right? Yep. And your oldest son just got a cell phone. Yep. So when your son is going to do something dumb, cause he will, cause they're kids, right? Kids always do dumb things. And have you tried to talk to him about what apps he can have on his phone? Does he got to get it approved through you? Yes. They all have to be approved to me. Okay. So when one of his, when he does something dumb, on one of these apps and you find out about it, what's going to be the first thing that you do? Well, the first thing I would like to do is take away his phone. The, and well, and I, I'm going to ask you also, like what apps are going to be appropriate? Cause like the only thing that he's requested is like Madden and retro bowl, you know, like really benign things. So, you know, we don't have any Instagram or Snapchat. I did see that someone had sent him um, because same thing absolutely no privacy. I know all the things. So I was going through his phone yesterday and some girl sent him this thing that I had never heard of. And then I had to click on it and it was like, share photos, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Hmm. And he didn't, he didn't say anything about it. And then I haven't asked him about it, which I'm kind of surprised he hasn't told me already, but the only thing, the only apps right now he has is retro bowl and Madden. Sure. And I don't know that there is a boilerplate answer for, for any of this. The technology and apps and what kids are using is changing constantly. Um, and I get asked that a lot. Like, hey, do you think my my son or daughter should should have this app? And I, I don't I don't know what to tell people. And I don't know. Um, I can just tell you what I do at my house. And you when I asked you what you do with your when your when your kid does something dumb, you're gonna take his phone away, and that I used to think, yes, that's and I and I do that too. I take my kids' phones away. I, I when they make me mad, I shut off the the data. I lock everything down. Um, but I know that that's not a solution for it because your kids are gonna go to school. They're gonna go over to their friend's house. Um, they're gonna go into the living room. They're gonna go into a bedroom, and there's electronic devices all over. And if they need to, they're just going to log in on a different device. Mm -hmm. And when you take your kid's phone, they're going to go use their buddy's phone and they're going to log in. Um, And I'm not, I don't think that that's not a good idea. Sometimes we're under the false assumption that that solves the problem. Um, And it also, it doesn't because like I said, they can go log in on a different device. The other thing is that I can't, I don't have enough time in my day to try to figure out what apps the kids are using to communicate on now. And half the time, I don't even know what they're saying because they use, (laughs) um, you know, shorthand or whatever the um, slang is. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just, I really focus on talking to my kids and being very open with them. Uh, 
and also talking to the to kids at their level of what they're going to understand. And when my wife and I, when our when our kids were old enough and they started wanting to get away from us to go, uh, you know, have some independence, they wanted to go to the park and go and not have us around right on top of them all the time. Um, I know that I'm I'm over the top and I know that I'm over overprotective. My my kids constantly tell me that. Um, and they call me a, a helicopter parent. And I don't think that that is a term of endearment when they tell me that. <laughs> but I've always told my kids not, you know, be safe or be, be careful. I just tell them to pay attention. Pay attention to what's going on around you. Um, and I talk to them about perverts. Mm-hmm. Since my kids were little, whenever, when they wanted to start going someplace, they we go to a restaurant and they want to go to the bathroom and go by themselves. I'm like, all right, well, watch out for perverts. But, you know, they didn't know what that was. So I had to explain it to them and I had to explain it to them in their, in terms that they would understand. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, people that are going to target our kids, I mean, they're always looking for soft targets. Mm-hmm. They're looking for, for access and they're looking for, for vulnerabilities. And so, I just, you know, I, I, I apply that to, to trying to keep my kids safe. And I know I can't keep them safe from everything, but if my kids, if my kids are aware of it and somebody comes and tries to make them a victim, we've talked about it that, you know, I've, I've told them that when they ask me like, what's a pervert? Well, I told them exactly what a pervert was and what a pervert's going to want to do. And they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's gross. I'm like, yeah, it is gross. And so when somebody comes and tries to do that, what are you going to do? And so we have a plan for it. They're going to yell pervert. I'm like, exactly. Yell pervert and come find me. Um, And if I'm not there, you find another adult. You find your mom, but you keep yelling pervert. Mm -hmm. Um, So in their mind, they don't, they don't have to, they've already thought about it. So if it, if it happens, this isn't going to be something that's completely foreign to them. So their ability at that point to process it and have a plan, they're going to be a step ahead of some unfortunate kid who's never been talked to about this. Um, Now, I know I also run the risk of them yelling pervert at some person who's just trying to be nice uh, to help them when kids, but I'm okay with that too, right? I'd rather err on the side of caution than just being overly nice and somebody taking advantage of my kids. It hasn't happened yet. And when it does happen, we'll cross that bridge. Um, But, you know, I guess that's a a long convoluted answer to your question about apps and what you can do with your your kids Um, really just boils down to that. We have to talk to them at their level. We have to explain to them the the dangers and the type of psychopaths that are out there and what these lunatics are going to try what they're trying to do so when it happens our kids aren't surprised mm-hmm. so what are you telling your kids if they if someone sends them a picture of themselves because i don't know if i handled this the right way but i was to you know every now and then someone will say their kid was sent a picture it's usually on snapchat of uh, someone's body part right 
And I said, okay, if someone sends you any photos like that, you need to tell an adult because I think that's sexual harassment and they should not be doing that. Like, so when I tell my 12 year old that he's like, oh, why would anyone send me pictures like that? I'm like, well, you'd be surprised, but I mean, it could happen. What should you do if your kid is getting pictures from someone? Uh, I, I think you answered it correctly. I don't, you tell them to tell an adult, come and tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's, you know, everything is about context. Um, if you know, somebody is trying to, like you said, your your kids have Tecmo Bowl or um, Madden or whatever it is that they, they play. If it's got a gaming feature, if it's got an online gaming feature where they can communicate and talk with people, um, that's an opportunity for somebody to engage in conversation with them mm-hmm. online. And if they are if that person asks them to go to a different platform to talk, that's a red flag. Okay. And, and that person is probably testing the waters, right? See how far they can go. See if this, this child is, is going, is going to be easily manipulated and going to do this. Um, now you said, if somebody sends your, somebody else sends a kid like I've got one daughter and three little boys and those little boys are monsters and their friends. They're also little monsters <laughs> and you know, little boys talk about, you know, gross things and butts <laughs> and what little boys talk about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, if, if they're, talking about bowel movements and stuff that little boys talk about is probably going to end up being a, a picture of, of a butt, right? Or something like that. So just in and of itself, like it, it, it ha- you have to have some context with it. Um, and I talked to my, my kids about that as well, because it, one day I went before my, my son was old enough to, really spell well they had they'd figured out on their ipad they can hit the microphone and they can talk they could speak into it whatever they wanted to watch and i told and so you know i tell my kids they got to watch sports stuff well i know they don't always watch sports stuff um and i'm trying to think who um there's miley cyrus one of the kids was talking to and they were talking about, you know, showing me, you know, show me pictures or videos of Miley Cyrus. Okay. And I mean, I didn't know what was going to come up. Now I was, I'm smart enough to have the safe filters and whatnot on, on things. Um, and luckily nothing came up. Um, one day I, I caught my son and, and their little, and their buddies giggling and laughing. Um, and they wanted, they were looking for pictures of butts. And they were talking into it because they're little boys and that's what they want. So then we had to talk about that. We had to talk about, all right, like you guys are going to, there's a lot of weird pictures on the internet. Yeah. And they don't like their little minds aren't conceptualizing, you know, how depraved things can be. I mean, they're just innocently sometimes looking for things because they're kids. Yeah. Um, 
So that's where I, I go back to. We have to talk to kids in terms that they understand, right? And every every household is different. Every relationship with parents and their kids are different. Um, but as a parent, if you're engaged and you're involved, you'll know how to do it. Mm-hmm. But we have to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I never thought before I had kids that I was going to have to talk to my kids about perverts. Um, and I've been doing this now for 17 years. And it's just recently, within the last five or six years, I've had to start thinking about and about sextortion. And now I'm talking to my kids, my and all of my kids, not just my 14-year-old daughter, my, my nine-year-old too, about, all right, what happens if somebody asks, asks, to send, asks for you to send a picture of yourself to them? They're like, I would never do that. I'm like, I know you would never do that. And I talked to my 14-year-old daughter about that. She said, dad, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, I know you say you're not going to do that, but kids are dumb Mm -hmm. and you guys will do it eventually. And so when you do do it, I lay out the scenario of what can happen. Um, And I try to tailor it to things that are real life that have happened in, in our investigations and and use that so that my kids know, like, this is what's going to happen. You're going to meet somebody on online. You're going to have a boyfriend and they're going to want you to send a picture of yourself. And you've t- you're telling me now you're not going to do it, but you're going to do it because you're kids. And this is what kids do. And when this happens, and then when they come back and they start trying to extort you to send more, to send, send money, you're going to panic because you're, you're going through this, this, adolescence and growing up and just think of how how vulnerable and insecure uh, going through puberty was and now you're going to have you risk having like your most see you know secret and private pictures or information shared with the world and you think you're going to get in trouble and you think it's going to be the end of the world um and you don't know and these and their little minds are trying to pro- they're trying to process all that and so if you haven't talked to them and told them like this is going to happen when this happens just come talk to me come talk to me you're not going to get in trouble um and hopefully they they feel safe and know that you're somebody you can they can go talk to however however it happens right that they go do that um because I I just I couldn't imagine being a 15 year old kid and being sextorted online by some weirdo and not thinking that I could go talk to my parents or thinking that I had to deal with all this by myself. Like being a teenager is hard enough. Yeah. Like that that to me is. Um, just thinking of the how scared they would be um, motivates me enough to have to go talk to be okay with talking to kids about this. Because like the anxiety, depression, suicide rates must be quite high in people who are feeling pretty forlorn when something like this happens. Yeah. Um, just, you know, last year alone, um, Law enforcement received more than 7,000 reports of related to on, online uh, financial sextortion of minors. 
Um, and, you know, HSI, we have uh, our cyber crimes unit, uh, C3 is what, is what it's called, does a great job of, you know, providing the field, those of us out here, with, with leads to, to follow up on. Um, we partner with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, NECMEC, which is also another great resource. And for parents, um, go to their website. It, it has a ton of information and a place to start to educate yourself on it and find out you know, the latest trends. Um, and also it'll give you resources with, if you're, if you're being victimized, your children being victimized, you know, what steps you can take, like what kind of support and help is out there. Also, you know, call your local law enforcement if you are, if they're being victimized by, by somebody online. So the num pretty much the number one rule is, first of all, don't, even though we right. know some people are going to, but yep. don't, but let's say you do and and I like how you said that this could happen to anyone because you could be in a marriage for 25 years and uh, do someone wrong and, and they do this. So it's not just people you're meeting online. So, I mean, if you're doing, if you're sharing these kinds of things, you have to be aware of how to get help. So as an adult, are you just going to law enforcement right away? Um. Well, I mean, the... Um, I, I, I don't know what they're, what everybody is, is doing on that. I mean, I think that that, if that's a decision that adults have to make, if they're, you know, the other thing that you know, just stop engaging, right. And, and kids don't think of that either because they're always plugged. Everybody's plugged into this world. Um, some of this is really the, like the modern day, um, um, telemarketer. Remember we all had phones that you had to have on the wall with a cord to it and a home phone number and six o'clock you'd be having family dinner and the phone would ring and it was some scammer or telemarketer. Yep. And what would you do? Hang up. You'd hang up. And what would they do? They just keep calling down the list, going to the next person. Yep. And that's a lot of what, what this is. Um, they're just looking for, for a reaction. They're, they're waiting for somebody to engage back. And as soon as they get something back from somebody or they're like people pleading with them not to do it, it's like they're fishing, right? They, they've got a fish on the line now. Now they just have to keep reeling. Where if you just stop and hang up, it, the majority of the time it goes away. They move on to the next person. Yeah. If it's somebody that you don't know, if it is somebody that you you know you've been in a relationship with and they're using your private images, videos, private information, and they're extorting you with it, then call, call law enforcement in, in most states. Um, you know, sharing photos, that's a crime. They can get charged with it. Wow. It's scary to think that um, how accessible this is now because like when we grew up, this just really wasn't, I mean, I'm sure it happened, but it definitely not on the level it happens now. Yeah, I think that is, it's just the age we live in with, with technology. Um, everywhere you go, people are plugged in. They have 
all the information and the ability to communicate with the world in their pocket or in their hand, right? So, it's... so do you think that this is going to get worse or do you think that we're kind of at its peak and it's just going to continue? Um, I don't think that it gets, I don't, I don't, it definitely doesn't go away. Um, I like the sextortion stuff. I kind of, I, I think that it's, it's a matter of, of edu getting as much education out there as we can and getting in front of parents, getting in front of kids and talking about this. Um, the, I think it was Nancy Reagan who spearheaded the say no to drugs campaign, right? Back in the eighties during the, um, to help curtail the, uh, drug ep ec epidemic. It, it didn't make it go away. Um, and I don't know that it's worse or it's better, but at least it educated people. Yeah. And it, this, this extortion stuff, um, is with education, we can cut down on the victimization, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's supply and demand. If the people that are out there trying to scam people online, their pool of people that fall victim to this just keeps getting smaller and smaller because of education. And it becomes harder and harder to get one person to fall for this because they've been educated and they know they can just hang up. I mean, eventually the scammers will have to move on because it's not cost effective for them to put so much into trying to do a scam that people are on to. Mm -hmm. And when you're saying we're educating people, do you speak to any organization or school or group? Like, do you like to be, you know, boots on the ground doing the educating? Yeah, I, I would, we'll, we have presentations, um, I'll go out and I'll give any any a presentation to anybody that asks. I'll go talk about this because I think it's important. You know, here in North Dakota, we're also very lucky. Our our state and local partners are phenomenal. North Dakota BCI does an incredible job working with HSI on uh, child exploitation cases. They also have got a lot of agents that go out and give presentations as well, as well as a, your your local police departments. Um, there's no shortage of, of people that are willing to go talk to schools, to parents, to groups about this problem. So what do you find more effective? Is it more effective for you to speak to students on this or is it more effective to speak to parents and grandparents? Is there, or, I mean, I know it's all important. I'm not downplaying any of it, but is there one that you find to be more impactful? Um, Uh, I feel like we should set a goal. Like we're doing this podcast. We're trying to raise awareness. Who can we get you in front of? Do we want, you know, do we want you in front of mops groups or do we want you in Velva school? You know, like how, what's going to be most effective? How are we going to help as many people? You are going to help the people, but how are, how, how can that happen? Yeah. Um, I don't really know. I don't know the answer to that because I, the, to talk to kids is important because they have to understand when they hear it. Right. And they're, and it happens to them like, Oh, wow. That 
guy was at school. He was talking about this. This happens all the time. This isn't the, like contrary to what they're telling me online. Um, there's a solution to this. Like there's, I, there's people I can go talk to. Right. Um, so it's important to be in front of the kids. It's important to talk to them. It's also important to talk to parents because parents are the ones who have, who are going to talk to the kids. Um, they're the ones who are going to identify when something is off with their children. Uh, we know when one of our kids has a bad day because some, even if they don't tell us because something's just wrong with them mm-hmm. you know, and our kids don't always want to tell us. Um, so talking with them about this, if this were to happen, everybody at least has an idea of, of, of what's going on. Um, so I don't know that one is, is better than the other. Um, I think this podcast here, I mean, it, like I said, I'm no expert to this, <laughs> not, not at all. I just have been ex- exposed to it through my job and then also having four kids and wanting to make sure that my kids are safe and not only, and, and also all my kids, all their friends, when they come over, like they're not out my, when my kids, friends come over, they're, they're hearing the same message about staying away from perverts. You guys go to, we have a park in our neighborhood. They want to go to the park. And I was like, all right, well, you guys can go over there, look out for perverts, you know, and their friends were like, I can hear them sometimes like, Hey, what's a pervert. And then my kids will tell them what a pervert is. And hopefully that if somebody tries to victimize them, they're gonna be like, Hey, I remember Grant's dad was talking about perverts. I think this guy's a pervert and they can go talk to somebody or they can tell, tell my kid and my kid can tell me and then I'll call their parents. Um, So there isn't a simple solution for this, but there's a clear solution because people don't think that there's anything they can do, but you can tell someone or you can call the police and you can stop engaging. Like there is a fix for it. Yeah. Right. Like this is not the end, the end of days. But one thing, how how do you, because you do investigations and obviously you're seeing and you're hearing and you're in the middle of it all, how can, how do you shut this off? How do you not wake up at two in the morning and are thinking about all these different things you've seen and, and you have to hear? Um, I think you just know that to... you're doing good. You know, like there's a there's a special kind of person that works like at a care center, right? Like right. or a kindergarten teacher. Like you have to be a special kind of person to do certain jobs. Obviously, in my mind, this job is falling in line with that because the only way I'm thinking is like you just know how much good you're doing, so you can put the bad behind because you're you're trying to put an end to it and you're trying to help people. But there's got to be stuff that that's got to not set well with you. Oh, um, without a doubt, none, none of this is sets well with me. Um, I think you have to do a good job of compartmentalizing it. You have to do a, um, you have to stay focused on the fact that, you know, when you're looking at the evidence involved in these cases, um, and sometimes the, the worst ending of them is you've got to focus on on the investigation, right? Finding, being able to successfully 
bring the, the bad guys, uh, get them arrested, a successful prosecution, and it, you know, justice of it. The, with dealing with the kids and whatnot, um, this problem's not going away. And somebody has to, somebody's got to be, be willing to talk about it. Somebody's got to do it. Um, and by educating parents, educating kids, um, staying focused on, on that, um, I think is far outweighs having to deal with, you know, this, the worst of humanity, right? Because you don't know what group you go talk to. Somebody is currently going through that and they realize, wait a minute, I never thought about that. I could just, you know, quit responding. That's just solve my problems. Um, so I think the, the positives of talking about it uh, more than outweigh any neg the negative of it because it's not going anywhere. It's, it's going to continue to be there. We just you know, have to do the right thing and help people. And here are two big takeaways that I'm going to let anyone, anyone who's listening to this, you should think of a group that Derek could come speak to. And here's two green flags why. He works in this every single day. He's done this for 17 years and he's saying, I'm not an expert. So that just goes to show that he's always learning and he wants to learn and he wants to help. And the other thing he said during this interview was, I don't know. Anyone who will, who will say, I don't know you know that you, I know in my life, I want to talk to that person because if they don't have all the answers, but yet they go to work every day and they're trying to be better and trying to teach people and trying to learn, that is someone that I guarantee you can learn from. Because if someone has all the answers, it's always a red flag to me. But you, just by those two things, you gave a lot of little nuggets today, but I'm telling people, think of someone, anyone, anywhere probably locally because you're based out of Minot that that uh, you could have Derek come talk to whether it be a church group a school group a um, like Verendry you know I'm sure they have like different safety meetings whatever I don't I don't care where you work I'm a chiropractor and I can I can think of five five places off the top of my head where I I would think it'd be beneficial so is there anything that you would like to say any last thoughts for anyone listening today yeah, you know, you said locally, um, the, you can, HSI is throughout the whole U.S., right? We're a federal agency and anywhere that uh, somebody wants somebody to go talk about this, I'm confident that you can find an HSI agent that will go out and speak to your group or speak to your school or, or your team about this. Um, this is, this is the most important thing we do is protect kids. Mm 